0: All righty, hello again, everyone, and welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter podcast for Friday, the what the hell, twenty of July. Last Friday in July, the last weekend in July, the last tango in Paris. I am Derek Hunter. I am your host. Appreciate you listening. Thanks for downloading, sharing, telling a friend, all that good stuff. Don't forget the curse show. We'll be up at midnight tonight at patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast as well as Derekhunter.locals.com. Low low price. Five dollars a month, that's like pennies a day. Less than a cup of coffee back when a cup of coffee was affordable per day to support the program and laugh your ass off and get a chance to win fabulous prizes such as Uh, Autograph books. This week, it's Mark Levin versus Kurt Schlichter. Who will win? What shall be won? That's up to you guys. Check it out. Enter. Please support the program. Appreciate it. All right. There is a lot going on in the world, and the big news right off the bat is, of course, it's official. Now, we're in a recession. Golf clap. Yeah, you know, Joe Biden inherits a strong economy, and uh, screws, it up, screws it up. Congratulations. This is what Democrat control gets you. Way to go. Second consecutive quarter of negative GDP growth. That used to be the definition, so we shall go with it because we like to work off of actual handheld dictionaries. I bet you that if you let me... Actually, you know what? Just for fun... Let's go to uh, dictionary.com. Right there, dictionary.com. I want to see... um, Recession definition. Uh, Let's go, let's see. What the hell happened to... Well, Merriam-Webster is missing. Anyway, you... uh, The definition of everything is... Okay, here we go. Here's the uh, definition. Act or action of receding, withdrawal. That's recession, number one. Definition from Merriam-Webster. A departing uh, procession as of uh, clergy and choir at the end of church service or a period of reduced economic activity. Bet they changed it. Bet they changed it from uh from two consecutive quarters it's amazing watching these people run around jim uh what the hell's his name cnn reporter what uh, john harwood tweeted in 2019 it's official there's no other way around it two consecutive quarters of negative growth it's a recession it's a recession it's a recession now he's up there with paul krugman and all the other leftists going you know what it could mean anything who can say, really, what it, what constitutes a recession? Well, it used to be all of you people. Now, suddenly, you guys uh, don't. Don't know. It's like woman. Oh, we all know what a woman is. Now, uh, you know what? A woman could be anything. Who the hell knows? Can't figure it out. <laughs> Uh, here's a dictionary definition of uh, from dictionary.com: an act of receding or withdrawing a receding part of a wall or a bridge, a withdrawing procession at the end of a religious service, and then in economics, a period of economic contraction, sometimes limited in scope or duration. They they drop they don't define what the uh, period or scope is anymore. They used to, used to. But yes, it is official, ladies and gentlemen. CNBC: The U.S. economy contracted for the second straight quarter, from April to June, hitting a widely accepted rule of thumb. For a re- I love how it's a rule of thumb. These people, can, the American people, weren't sitting around going, "You know what? I got, I got nothing better to do than to try and figure out what constitutes a recession." Hey, Earl, to grab a couple of uh, paps. We'll sit around the fire. We'll uh, smoke some some Marlboros, and we'll figure out what to call a recession. Because you know what? This not knowing stuff is for the birds. And uh, All right, yeah, let's do this. Let's tackle this thing once and for all. It wasn't just a couple of guys or a couple of gals sitting around figuring this stuff out for themselves. It was economists who came up with the two consecutive quarters of negative growth. And it worked wonders when you had competent presidents and when you had Um, when you didn't have an incompetent Democrat. Now that you do, you're like, oh, good Lord. This is a direct... It's not... You know, if this were right after the election, if this were this third quarter right now of 2021, a year ago, they wouldn't have a problem with the definition of a recession. You know why? Because they would be able to say what? They'd be able to say, we inherited an economy that was a disaster. We inherited an economy that was headed in the wrong direction, and lo and behold, it headed in the wrong direction. Here we are, but don't worry, we're going to turn this puppy around. They would have been able to say that. It would have probably been dishonest, but they would have at least been able to say that. They wouldn't have had to clown themselves going, well, re- re- recession, <laughs> I'm unfamiliar with the term. I don't, that could mean anything. Who, who's to say what it means? But since we're far enough away from the Trump administration and Democrats inherited a very strong economy that has they've set about ruining ever since. There is and they've spent the last year bragging about oh this wonderful economy. We did this. We even though the, the economy was recovering long before even the election, quite frankly, but the uh Democrats can't admit that. They're just look at the data. But you say, oh, well, this is our economy. We did this. We did all of this. We spe- they, they, I mean, they've taken credit for the damn, you know, shots and the treatments. That was all Operation Warp Speed. It had nothing to do with the Biden administration. Under a Democrat regime, there's no way in hell they would have been able to cut red tape. They just don't have that in them. It's not part of their DNA. So they, they take credit for things that they did not do all the time. And they've taken credit for the economy for the past year, going, oh, it's so wonderful. Look at what we've done. Look at what we've marveled at what we've done. When in reality, quite frankly, all they did was unkink the hose of the economy and were the beneficiaries of that, as states unkinked the hose that they'd choked to death with lockdowns. There was nowhere to go but up, honestly, nowhere to go but up. Now we keep going down. We keep going down. This can't be blamed on Donald Trump. This can't be blamed on Republicans. Oh, they'll try. They'll try. Republicans are blocking our agenda. That's why this came about. Republicans won't let us spend even more money. And that's why this... No, that's not the way it works. But uh, they'll have uh, willing accomplices in the media and be able to get away with that amongst the low-information voters. It'll be easy enough. The uh, low information voter, they're ready to believe. They are ready to believe. They are susceptible to the most ridiculous claims. They fall for cults. These Democrats will buy just about anything. So you have that going for you, I guess, Democrats. The uh, CNBC report continues gross domestic product fell 0.9% at an annualized pace for the period, according to uh, the advanced estimate. That follows a 1.6%. Decline in the first quarter and was worse than the Dow Jones estimates for a gain of 0.3%. So they were. This is a 1.2 percentage point miss. They were expecting a gain of 0.3%. They got a loss of 0.9%. You do that math. I believe it works out to 1.2%. Officially, the National Bureau of Economic Research declares recessions and expansions, and likely won't make a judgment on the period in question for months, if not longer, because they are left-wing hacks and they do not want to damage Democrats' chances. There's a whole lot at stake coming up in this election, not just our economic future, but the future of law enforcement, the future of our political system. Democrats have literally crammed all of their eggs into the 2022 and 2024 baskets, and they cannot lose. They're going to pull out every stop. Why? Because if Republicans even just get the House of Representatives, that gives Republicans subpoena power. That means Republicans can start looking into Hunter Biden and the Biden family and the big guy. We have developments on that front too. Evidence showing that, in fact, Joe Biden is the big guy in the deal with China where they said 10% to be held by Hunter for the big guy, Joe Biden trading on his position, trading on his title, lying at a minimum to the American people. I never, never once have I talked to my son about his business. Why'd you golf with him 14? Why'd you meet with him 14 times while you were president of of the United States? Why would you meet with him? Is it just, oh, hey, uh, Hunter said I should stop by your office at, at the White House in the West Wing there. If I was ever in town, just because he said you would make accommodations, you make accommodations, is it a common practice for you to make accommodations for business associates of your son? I just come in and meet you in the White House, is that cool? I could see that if he was in high school, but he was in his 40s and heavily addicted to drugs and uh, sex. So I don't know that you want to be meeting with dudes like that because dudes who roll and do business with... If you looked at Hunter Biden at the time when Joe Biden, in the the 2010s, Hunter Biden was strung out and whoring around. Just put it bluntly. That's what he was doing. Those sorts of people tend to ruin the friendships, if they ever did in fact have friendships, that they had going at the time. Why? Because most people don't want to be around a strung out junkie who's trying to sleep with your couch or anything or making arrangements to get Russian human trafficked call girls to come across state lines for sex. You probably don't want that around your kids. Somebody going to the bathroom every five minutes to do just a little bit of another toot of coke because they can't sit through dinner and can't make it through dinner without getting more blow into their body. You probably want to not do that. Yet somehow we're led to believe that very successful business people and foreign countries looked at that guy and said, we need to get in business with him. That's what we need right there. We need to get in business with Hunter. We need to be in the Hunter Biden business. I want to give the guy... Who is wildly addicted to just about everything? I want to give him access to piles of cash. That's what I. That's you know the best thing anybody could do. It's the, I think it's the smartest play I could possibly come up with. Take my 401k and in. I'm giving you power of attorney, Hunter Biden. You go hog wild. You're gonna, you're gonna do wonders for me, aren't you? Nobody would do that. Nobody would do that. You would think with all the money that Hunter Biden was bringing in which joe knew about joe would find it a little bit odd that on occasion he had to wire hunter tens of thousands of dollars you might go that's a little bit hunter you're making eighty thousand dollars a month from burisma why do you need thirty thousand dollars in the next 20 minutes what's going on where's the money going now, that would be a legitimate question a good parent would probably ask their degenerate child. I grew up next to a guy. Well, we had uh, Ray and Earlene next to us. They were a very nice couple, older, much older. They always they always locked themselves out. They always managed to lock themselves out of the house. We had a key most of the time, but sometimes they'd lock themselves out of their house, come over and get the key and forget to return it. And so they'd lock themselves out of the house again. And I got pushed, I don't know, 10, 15 times through their kitchen window off the front porch to go in, climb over their their sink and unlock the door from the inside because they, they did it. They were very super, super nice people. One of their, I think, three children, they're all way older, was a crack addict. He got seriously into crack. And on a couple of occasions, he would try to get clean and come home or at least pretend he came home. And uh, then he would steal their tv and things like that and go and sell it for crack so they reached the point that they finally said okay you can't come home anymore we don't trust you you need to get your act together and we were told expressly by my parents i think that was one of the i think my old second oldest sister might have been home at the time too but we were told don't ever give so i'm not going to give his name because i don't know if he's i don't think he's still alive but he might still be alive uh, don't ever give so-and-so a key to the house. Because, you know, the, the whole family kind of locked themselves out of the house. But he was their youngest kid. Don't ever give him a key to the house. He probably was in his 30s, maybe his 20s. He just looked like he was 30s Don't ever give him the key to the house no matter what. They'd cut him off. And he'd come around every once in a while and be sniffing around and sort of milling around out front and trying to talk to you. And then he would, after shooting the breeze, he'd kind of go, uh, hey, you know, I'm trying to get in. Do you think you can help me? Like, nope, can't help you. That's it. He eventually disappeared. And then uh, the neighbors passed away. But that's beside the point. That's another story. But you didn't trust him at all. They didn't trust him. Now, they sure as hell, if they're telling us, don't give him any money, don't let him in the house, they know that he's an addict. There's no way Joe didn't know that Hunter was a junkie. And he's wiring him tens of thousands of dollars. Now, why? You only do that You only give your son fifty thousand dollars, your junkie son, fifty thousand dollars when he's wiring thirty thousand of it to uh, his call girl's pimp. You only do that if you're getting something more out. It's not, oh I just love my son, I gotta enable my son. No, 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 he's getting ten percent, he's the big guy. He's making money. Joe's making money off of this. So like, all right, if you need this money, just keep the gravy train rolling. You don't say, here's money, go to rehab, son, to a junkie in the midst of a bender. You take that person, put them physically in a car, take them to the rehab facility, sign them and commit them, whatever it has to do. You do that. You don't take the pinky swear via text going, I need some money, Dad. All right, I want to go to rehab. Really, you want to go to rehab on a Saturday night where I can hear your... uh, underage Russian prostitute or near underage Russian prostitute in the background calling uh, their pimp. You, you, you're ready to go to rehab right now and you just need $50,000 while she's complaining that she's owed $30,000. Well, yeah, Joe knew what was going on. There's no doubt. We'll get into more of this later. I don't know why I went off on that tangent, but I uh, just watched these people and I, I sit there and I think this is... Ridiculous. Joe Biden is a manufactured human being. He, oh, he's such a wonderful father. He's a caring father. He's a caring Is he a caring... No, he's pretty bad at it. He's a pretty bad father. Two out of three kids have massive substance abuse problems and sexual addiction issues. Those are signs of other deep-rooted problems. I'll leave it to you to figure out what they are. So it's official. Joe Biden's recession. Congratulations. You know, they always told us he was historic. I can't wait to see how they uh, give themselves tennis elbow or arthritis polishing this turd. It really is. You know, instead of just, I don't know, trying, they could try to be optimistic. But that would require acknowledging reality. And they can't acknowledge reality. Imagine your imagine if your job, your life, required you to not be able to acknowledge reality. You just you couldn't do it. You can't acknowledge reality. It that reality is damaging to you. How perverted would that feel? Speaking of somebody who can't acknowledge reality, good old Eric Swallow. I just I love this story. I want to touch on this really quick. Town Hall has the story. Sorry, uh, Representative Eric Swalwell, but you, unfortunately, uh, you either need to watch your own kids or use your own money to hire a babysitter while you travel to your fancy places. Like, what? Earlier this week, the Federal Elections Commission ruled that Swalwell is not authorized to use campaign funds to pay for a babysitter when he travels overseas to campaign for other politicians overseas what in may swalwell's legal team claimed that oftentimes he and his wife are not able to make it home to care for their child due to both of them working full-time jobs hence the reason for needing to hire help using someone else's money this includes times when swalwell is needed to travel internationally at the requests of other countries i guess fang fang occasionally summons him to to Beijing for an update on his programming. (laughs) Can you imagine? Oh, I've got to go travel for work. Uh, You know what? I raised a couple million dollars. Why don't you just use the campaign money to pay for a babysitter? What's weird is he's always claiming to be a really dedicated father. A really dedicated... At social media, he's like, my four-year-old says uh, we're not really in a recession, that the uh, definition commonly used by... Morons is arcane and out of date. Huh? Your four-year-old says that? My four-year-old wants to know why police kill so many black men. I want to know what the hell you do with your four-year-old. What the hell are you doing to your four-year-old? Uh, let's see. Uh, F.E.C. vote came weeks after a meeting with Republican Commissioner James E. the III publicly mocked Swalwell's request, calling it abhorrent. Quote, to be real honest with you, I'm actually going to pass judgment on it. I think it's abhorrent that Congressman Swalwell would have such a young child and want to leave them in the care of someone else for a week-long trip overseas and using donor contributions to pay for that. I think it's inappropriate. We even had to address this question, Trainer said during the meeting. You know, if you wanted, if you need to do that, If you need to Eric Swalwell spends a lot of money traveling overseas and a lot of campaign money traveling around the country and staying in really swanky places. I don't know if he's meeting Fang Fang or he's bringing his wife with him, but, uh, or maybe both. Who knows? They're Californians. You never know. But, um, do you have no family? Do you have no family at all? First of all, shouldn't you bring your kids with you? bring the wife and kids with you or bring some, you've, you've got to, that should be your first priority. You don't just go, well, just have the campaign pay it. Not my problem. But do you have no family or friends? In a pinch, in a pinch, you need somebody. You have to rely on somebody. Pinches happen. This isn't a pinch. This is, uh, it might be some grab ass, but it's not necessarily a pinch. This isn't a pinch. This is something you really want to do. And so you you just go, well, let's take the path of least resistance. It's easier to ask for forgiveness than permission. Let's run with it. Well, now that uh, permission and the forgiveness have been revoked. The congressman had previously been criticized for using campaign funds to promote his high-profile life. A complaint filed with the FEC claims that Swalwell used campaign money to pay for glitzy family vacation along with tens of thousands of dollars worth of limousine and alcohols. <laughs> don't you love that that story that's from uh 2021 but it's worth revisiting just to remind you what democrats are washington examiner july 20th almost a year ago 2021 eric swalwell's campaign spent thousands on alcohol limo and limos records show the swalwell for congress committee spent 4,051 at AA Limo Service LLC between April 6th and May 27th, and $5,058.32 at two wineries and one brewery, according to financial disclosures filed with the Federal Election Commission. The campaign also spent, there you go, $21,160.75. At the Ritz-Carlton Half Moon Bay, where Swalwell's wife Brittany works as director of sales. She worked there. She couldn't get a discount. She couldn't swing it. How did they move there? 21,000? It's unclear whether Watts is still employed at the resort. A representative for the Ritz-Carlton Half Moon Bay did not immediately respond to the Washington Examiner's request for comments. Swalwell, a 2020 presidential dropout, is no stranger to controversy they say. But these are just a, a few expenses. I looked up the uh, the thing here, his FEC reports. You can click on it. It's um, was part of that town hall story. You can click on it if you want to find out. And Eric Swalwell is no genius. There's no question about that. But he's not unique either. There are plenty of other dumb, corrupt, Members of Congress. Just looking at this, this is uh, in order of the number and the name of business. Let's see, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Twelve. So I'm assuming once a month orders from 1 800 Flowers. Although they're not really once a month because the dates on them, there's a whole lot. He's given a whole lot of flowers in June. He must have just met his. Maybe Fang Fang was in town. The expenses range from a low of uh, $69 to a high of $194. These are all campaign money. This is paid for by somebody else. Travel expenses, just general travel expenses to AAA limo service. And there's another 1900 There's another 1400 He's, he's living large. He's spending the money. Is fundraising consulting is four grand for a month and then another eight grand for a month. Fundraising thirteen thousand, eighteen thousand dollars on fundraising, twenty thousand five hundred dollars on fundraising. Legal services. Boy, you really gotta wonder what uh is it koblenitz Patch, Duffy, and Bass L L P on uh April 11th, they got $14,400 from Eric Swalwell. And then on May 11th, a month later, they got $29,065 for quote-unquote legal services. I wonder what was going on with Eric Swalwell that he needed so much in legal services. Security services, the guy who wants to strip you of your constitutional right to own a firearm, He's paying uh, Global Guardian of uh, McLean, Virginia. And McLean, Virginia, for those of you unfamiliar, McLean is a, uh, what do you call it? it's a moneyed area, McLean, Virginia, in Northern Virginia. Now, remember, Eric Swalwell represents California. So these are f- uh, security services, just two payments during this reporting period, uh, April 8th 2021 and June 24th 2021 respectively he paid $21,181 and $11,600 for security services Eric Swalwell must be protected from the ladies I don't know you know what if he's getting that money and he's spending that money to uh keep somebody on staff to keep Chinese spies away from him, I think that that money could be justified. (laughs) Sonny's Executive Sedan Services, for one trip, good Lord, there's a lot of them. I don't know, they're all in New York. Where is he? I assume this is also a service available in Washington, D.C., maybe. But these appear to be for individual rides. I just want to point out this, again, is not unique to Eric Swalwell he just happens to be the case in point right now one judging by the uh, the dates of this this has to be that has to be individual rides one meal $232.31 at STK Steakhouse in New York City so he spent some quality time in New York City what's the date on that one that is June twenty, uh, June twenty eighth. So we look down here. June twenty eighth, On June twenty ninth, he spent um, one hundred twenty nine dollars on Sunny's executive sedan service in New York. Three hundred and thirty four dollars on June sixteenth for Sunny's sedan services again uh, twice that day. Three hundred and thirty four dollars on sedan services in New York on June fourteenth. Sunny's. Executive sedan services 204 Second Avenue in New York, New York $343. $423 on, April, on May 18th, same company in New York, and so on and so forth. He spent a ton of money on a sedan service out of New York. Why? we don't know nobody seems to ask him so keep in mind this is how these people live and you sit there and you hear AOC going I can't afford to have a child because I'm only making $174,000 a year well you probably should have thought about that as uh before you bought the Tesla you know you probably should have thought about that before you ran for if you really can't live on $174,000 a year I uh I don't even have the world's smallest violin for you I don't care what your problem is. But these people, don't be fooled, they do not live on $174,000 a year. They pay their unavoidable expenses on $174,000 a year. They buy a car, they have to pay that. They pay rent or have a mortgage, they have to pay that. But I'll bet you dollars to donuts that these people pay for less than half the meals they eat. They just go out with anybody. Let's talk business for a second. All right, there you go. We talked about the camp. Hey, uh, how your campaign looking? Campaign's looking great. All right, everybody. I don't know if you've ever... Anybody who's worked in a... Had to wear a suit for a living. Has gone to lunch with somebody who has a corporate account. And they go, all right, well... Uh, So what do you think about X, Y, or Z? I don't know. I never really thought about it. All right. Well, we've talked about business. I can pick up lunch now. You can write that off, what have you. It happens all the time in Washington, D.C. I have no reason to believe that New York is any different. That's just how the world works. It's a scam. And in members of Congress, it's the exact same thing. They have their credit cards with their name on it and then sitting right next to it taunting them, teasing them, beckoning them, if you will, is a credit card from their campaign. Why? Because sometimes there are legitimate campaign expenses. If you have to drive across town to go to a campaign fundraiser for yourself, you swipe the campaign credit card on the taxi. They don't take taxis. They hire, you know, really expensive Ubers and uh, really, really expensive limo services but you get the idea you just pay with that corporate credit card well sometimes you want to go across town and you you just go to a movie and you go you know what i don't want to take public transportation i don't want to pay for parking i don't want to take my car well make i'll just use the corporate credit card because it's expensive to get a. nobody will notice and they don't notice you just put some bs excuse down on the receipt and say oh yeah i met with uh supporters or potential supporters or something like that do you really think they go through this stuff line by line they govern themselves they're not going to go through it line by line you go to a meal and you go well, they, nobody you're not going to find a member of congress sitting at pete's diner this little greasy spoon over on the house side you'll find a lot of their staffers there usually the legislative assistants because at least back in my day you could eat there for pretty cheap and the food was pretty good but you won't find very many members there. Why? Because why would they go there? They're not gonna eat an omelet? They're not gonna eat an omelet for lunch? Come on, a five dollar omelet, are you insane? They've got Morton's, they got Capitol Grill, they got all sorts of places that they can go and have a conversation for about thirty seconds with somebody, the waiter, going, Hey man, uh what do you think my chances of reelection are? Well, you won with 80% of the vote last time, so I'd say they're pretty good this time. Yeah, they are. All right, campaign expense. That's how all of this works. That's why you should never feel bad for these people when they whine about having to maintain two separate households back in their district and in Washington, D.C., where it's some of the most expensive real estate in the world. I'm sorry, I don't care. You ran for the job. If you don't want to pay the rent, sleep in your office. Sleep alone in your office. Don't sleep with somebody from your office, which is another problem in and of itself. I just find that interesting that Eric Swalwell wanted to pass off caring for his children on lobbyists. Though they never say, oh, no, 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 it's not lobbyists. That's who's giving money to Eric Swalwell. That's who's giving money to all of these people. Oh, they might have a decent sized base of normal people giving you know a couple of dollars here and there. But those people don't matter. It is the wealthy donors and the wealthy corporations and the wealthy lobbyists that raise the millions of dollars for these people. Grandma sending in three bucks ain't cutting it. Grandma sending it, they ask, they send those emails all the time. Please just send us a dollar, just one dollar. Why? Because A, it breaks the dam a little bit, gets you gets you their credit card information. It's the concept of them giving to you going. And once somebody gives to you, you can really usually sucker them into giving you more later on. But it also means if somebody gives you a million dollars and then a million other people give you $1, you have $2 million or uh, let's say uh, 100,000 people give you a dollar each. Now you've got uh, $1.1 million from 101,000 people. Suddenly your average donation goes down. Really, a lot. And you see these liberal politicians do it all the time. They brag about our average donation is only $3. Yeah, because you're asking for a dollar from a whole bunch of people to counteract and cut down the actual influence of the people writing the five and six figure checks to you guys. It's all about the math. What do I say? I say it seemingly every day because it's always a factor now. If you control the unit of measure, you control everything. I'm a man of the people. I'm just getting $1. fifty-seven per uh, donation. Yeah, but you're getting some big donations from the fat cats, and you're just cutting. No, shut up, shut up, shut up. They usually, it's usually like around $20 is the average donation. So the math is even worse in their favor. I was just being extreme. Okay, so... Uh, I didn't mean to go off on that tangent about Eric Swalwell, but somebody's got to do it. Back to the recession talk just for a second, because I want to uh, have a little montage here of Democrats, of course. They are all government officials, one form or another elected Democrats or paid by the taxpayer, Democrat employees of government, uh, of Congress, of the White House mostly, but now that we're officially in a recession, until they successfully get the oh by the way, where is it? The uh, definition of a recession hasn't been changed, but it's weird now. Uh, the Oxford Learner's Dictionary defines recession as uh, a difficult time for the economy when a country, uh, when there is for a country when there is less trade and industrial activity than usual. And more people are unemployed. More people are the un, unemployed bid is, I think, new, because they're removing all references to two consecutive quarters of negative growth. But if you go to the Oxford Reference Dictionary, one is uh, the original is OxfordLearnersDictionaries.com, and then you OxfordReference.com the references uh, for the academic, the learned. They have yet to dumb that completely down. Their recession is uh, referred to as, quote, an overall decline in economic activity, mainly observed as a slowdown in output and employment. It is as severe or it is not as severe or prolonged as a depression. A recession is often defined as real GDP falling for two consecutive quarters. Hmm. hmm. So, We'll see how long that lasts. But I want you to just keep in mind now that we've entered the debate. It's amazing. We've entered the debate stage. We haven't really entered the debate stage. The debate is over. The definition has been known. It's The argument is now that these people are trying to change the terms of the discussion. They're trying to change the definition of the word so as to avoid responsibility when it would just be so much easier if they simply didn't suck in the first place, Right. Wouldn't that be a better plan for if you're a Democrat, maybe at your next Democrat meeting, you say, hey, instead of arguing that we need to redefine what sucking means, how about we just don't suck in the first? We, we all agree that that'd be a better strategy. You probably wouldn't get uniform agreement because some of them just naturally suck so bad. But still, anyway, here are your elected Democrat officials for all your Democrat friends insisting that we're not what recession. This isn't a recession. We're nowhere near a recession. All signs are that this is a strong economy and the probability of a recession within the next year is not particularly elevated. It's a strong economy and, and nothing about it suggests that it's that it's close to or vulnerable to a recession i don't expect a recession no no one is predicting a recession now we are not expecting that we are already in the recession in fact the guts and the bones of this economy remain strong these are not the marks of an economy in recession right now we don't see a recession right now that is not we're not in a recession right now this is not an economy that's in recession not only is a recession not inevitable but i think that a lot of people are underestimating those strengths and the resilience of the american economy we have a strong labor market which you don't normally see in a recession a recession is broad-based weakness in the economy we're not seeing that now in your view is a recession in the united states inevitable no. Typically economists date a recession as being at least two quarters of negative growth uh, and, other com- and other factors, which we have not seen at all. The idea that uh, two quarters of negative GDP growth is a technical definition of a recession is wrong. A common definition of recession is two negative quarters of GDP growth. Two quarters of negative growth in a row, that's a recession. Right, and certainly in terms of the technical definition, it's not a recession. The technical definition considers a much broader spectrum uh, of data points. What is exactly the White House's definition of a recession? Again, we don't, we don't, I'm not going to define it from here. How worried should Americans be that we could be in a recession? We're not going to be in a recession. Nobody, including especially the White House and especially Joe Biden, is going to sugarcoat any of this. Well, I'm, I, I'm not concerned about a recession. And, I mean, you're always concerned about a recession. <laughs> it's not a recession. It's not a re- This recession that we're in is not a recession. It's not a recession recession. I mean, it's a recession. Sure. But it's not a recession recession. Stop being so recession recessionary. Just keep that in mind. They are not urinating on you from the rooftop. It is raining. It just happens to be raining from their pants. (laughs) The clouds have opened up from their pants. It really is shocking to watch these people operate. And uh, by the way, we've got a... I want to play you this clip. There's a deal now. I don't know how the recession news will... it, It clearly can't matter. Joe Manchin, you can't trust Joe Manchin he uh he held out for his, I'm sure he's got some sweetheart deal his wife has got a nice government job thanks to Joe Biden appointing her uh so you know the payoffs have been made just got to give enough time before you completely sell out for the uh between the payment the check clearing and your actual sell out so it makes it seem as though you, no 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 you've you've come around you've been convinced it is ridiculous it's a scam but you know It's Washington. He has now gotten on board with Joe Biden's plan to set another huge pile of money on fire. The Green New Deal. It's not Build Back Better now. It's called uh, Inflation Fighting. By the way, that, that montage, every single one of those people also could have been included in a montage where they were telling us for months and months, look, inflation isn't happening inflation isn't real and then oh inflation is transitory it's temporary it's a, so yeah the the we're not in a recession people have really shown how trustworthy they truly truly are but now we've got a deal on more government spending which is also one of the leading factors in the creation of this um inflation that we're suffering through You're going to believe these people to handle that? You're going to trust these people to handle it? You shouldn't. But Larry Summers, he was, I believe he was Barack Obama's treasury secretary. He's now retired. I think he was a Harvard professor, economist. He's often cited by the left when he agrees with them. And when he was pointing out that we're heading toward recession, he was immediately declared a pariah. Now he's back in good graces because he is saying this deal to spend another trillion dollars is good for the economy. It's because it includes the Green New Deal, it includes uh, price controls on prescription drugs, all sorts of things that are just horrible, horrible ideas. But I want you to listen to Larry Summers try and mumble his way through this and try and make sense of this deal with Joe Manchin and try and tell people how it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. On first, this reduces budget deficits And so by reducing budget deficit, it reduces the level of uh, demand uh, in the economy. Second, this reduces prices directly by going after prescription uh, drugs and getting lower prices and a better deal for taxpayers when they purchase uh, prescription drugs. Third, this increases uh, supply by stimulating energy production and by subsidizing and supporting our energy transition to uh, renewables. So less demand, more uh, supply, and direct better bargaining for lower prices, those are the things that are involved in reducing inflation. That's what's involved in reducing inflation. We need to go off on a rant here together for a second, ladies and gentlemen. A couple things in there. The idea of price controls. Oh, it's it's lowering costs. Uh, technically. You don't get to throw a rock into a, a pond without making ripples, though. Government imposing price controls, and make no mistake, that's what it is. Oh, government's just negoti no government if government is the gatekeeper. If you're trying to get into Studio 54 and it's 1978 and you know that uh, Liza Minnelli and Michael Jackson are inside and you really want to get in there to meet them, you're not going to be able to negotiate your way past the doorman. The doorman isn't... You don't negotiate with the doorman. His job is to keep you out. The government doesn't negotiate on behalf of senior citizens. First of all, there are like 60 million, 50, 60 million senior citizens. They don't know one senior citizen's needs from another. More importantly, they don't care about one senior citizen's needs than another. They're interested in their bottom line. They're a business. It's a run by government business, but they need to prevent themselves from going bankrupt. So what do they do? They say, hey, uh, would you like to get this pill that cost you, I don't know, $2 billion dollars? 12 years to develop. Would you like to get this pill into the mouths of the people who need it, who it was designed for? You would. All right, good. Smart business. Uh, I know you want to charge a dollar a pill, but I'm going to give you a 10 cents a pill. How does that sound? No, you can't do that. You won't do that. That's weird. Okay, well then, uh, you th- I'll tell you what, why don't you take the weekend to think about whether or not you want 10 cents a pill or nothing a pill. All right, we can either give you 10 cents a pill or you cannot have access to those sixty million potential customers. That sound fair? You got nothing or something. You take your pick. Or worse, government says we're going to reimport. And I love how they reimport. We're going to reimport from Canada prescription drugs, as if Canada is suddenly going to order fifty million more pills or something, and the pharmaceutical company is going to go, "Oh, all right, that doesn't that doesn't sound weird at all." The federal government is just going to reimpose or reimport the price controls uh, that Canada has imposed. So you're getting price controls by proxy. The drug companies will simply go, We're not going to sell you. you. You ordered 100 million pills last year. Now you want 300 million pills. We're going to sell you 100 million pills. That's it, because I know what you're going to do with these things. You're going to sell them back to the United States. So you end up in a situation where what? Is Canada going to actually allow the 100 million pills that they get every year to be reimported to the United States? No, they're going to say we're going to take care of Canadians first. You want to make prescription drugs more affordable in this country. What you do is you go after the countries like Canada, like most of Europe and Asia, where they do what? They say if you want, they do what Medicare is now going to be trying to do. They they say, you want access to our market, here's the price we're going to pay. This is it. We are imposing, otherwise we'll just steal your patent, we'll steal your drug, and we'll make it ourselves, and you'll get nothing. You hear about corporate espionage all the time in regards to China, that's a real problem. And you sit there and you say, well, you'll get nothing. Would you like to get nothing? How'd you like nothing? And the United States government kind of sits by and lets that happen. So guess where the money to recoup all the research and development it took to create that drug has to come from, has to come from the United States. Drugs cost more here because drugs cost less elsewhere. Get those other countries to quit threatening our companies. The Really, the only country in the world where pharmaceutical research and development is happening is in the United States, because we're the only country where they stand a chance of being protected, their copyrights being protected, and earning their money back. You take that away, you'd better get something for which there's already a treatment, or a lot of people get. The only thing that's going to get researched is going to be something that a lot of people get, because then... You might stand a chance of recouping the billions of dollars it costs to develop the drug. If it's something that, oh, 10,000 people a year get, something horrible, but just 10,000 people a year get it, and there's no current treatment, nobody's going to do any research on it. You know why? Because they're never going to be able to recoup the cost of that research. It's called business. It's not hard. I want to shift gears a little bit. Well, oh, you heard Larry Summers, first of all, before he shift gears. You heard Larry Summers in that clip talk about how, uh, you know, oh, we've got going to save money on prescription drugs. I covered that. But he also said that we're going to produce more energy. It invests in green energy, this deal with Joe Manchin and the Democrats. It, It doesn't. If, if green energy were, I can't stress this enough. If green energy were ready to work, if green energy worked, it would be working. If green energy were a viable alternative, you would not be able to stop private capital from rolling into it. People would be throw, I'd be throwing money. You mean you can just stick this little propeller up in the, the sky and the wind blows and you've got free electricity forever? And it, hell yeah, I want a piece of that action. You mean you can just put this shingle on your roof and it, powers everything all day all that's awesome i want to invest in that i want to buy some of it for my house but it doesn't it's not how it works it's not anywhere close to it we are not anywhere closer to making these technologies any more viable than we were back in the carter administration when they first started promising us that renewable green energy solar and wind were the way to go told you there's like a a graveyard of Failed liberal policies called Detroit in the Midwest. It's where I grew up. And there at least was when I was doing roofing in the late 90s. There was a part of town where it wasn't huge. I assume it was bigger at the point uh, in the 70s during the Carter administration. But it was a place where there were broken down windmills and old worthless solar panels there. And I asked my boss, Henry, what the hell that was? It looked weird. It looked like some sort of Heidelberg part two project where there's like the street art. And he said, oh, that's from the Carter administration. They were going to power the city with, with green energy because the city was a mess. And so Carter took pity on it and said, I'm going to make you whole again. And of course it didn't work. And it just became another chunk of decay in the city of Detroit. Nothing has changed since then except the insistence of the left that we use these technologies and the insistence comes largely from the people who are connected to those industries and what are they insisting they are insisting that they need government subsidies somehow subsidize your tax dollars to these companies to make these technologies that don't work will somehow make them work that don't work all the time will somehow make them work all the time I mean, if you live in a place where it's constantly wind blowing, twenty-four-seven, you probably could power your house off of a couple of windmills and not have anything to worry about. If you lived at a place where, like in us, Os- uh, like Alaska, where at certain times of the year it's like twenty solid hours of daylight, you might be able to skirt by on the uh, the solar panels on your roof. But most of us don't live in places like that. We have to deal with weather that changes. It's breezy one day, it's not the next. Well, that's great breezy day when you've got the windmill, but uh, it's not so great the next day when it's 95 and there's no breeze. Because that air conditioning isn't going to work on the promise of another blow to come or the wind you got yesterday. That's not how it works. Same with solar. Hot nights. Oh, man, during the day, you'd be if your solar panels worked, you'd, you'd crank that AC down to 60. It'd be wonderful. Be wo- then the sun goes down. <laughs> and you go, wait a second. Now I've got to sleep. It's still 85 degrees in the house. And I can't even turn on a fan, let alone the air conditioner, because the sun has decided to go say hello to China. So to sit there and talk about how the green energy, it's going to boost production, how will it boost production? And then ask yourself this very simple question. Why hasn't it boosted production yet? If it can, if it will, if it is ready to, if solar and wind are what they say they are, why do they need to be subsidized? Why? Why do they need to be mandated? If whatever you're paying for electricity, and then you say, well, or you could get this electricity for 40% less, and it's just as reliable, wouldn't you go, well, yeah, please, I'll take that? You want the steak that tastes great, or do you want the steak that tastes great with no cholesterol? It's the same steak from the same cows, just a different cut. Tastes exactly, well, I'll take the one with no cholesterol, please. Thank you very much. That'll be awesome. Those things don't exist. It doesn't work. I'll repeat myself. If these technologies worked, you would not need to subsidize their creation, and you would not need to mandate their use everybody and their brother would be throwing money at these projects as fast as they possibly could it would be just like if you invented a car that could run on i don't know hopes and dreams well yeah, who wouldn't throw money at that because why because everybody's got hopes and dreams and that would sell like you wouldn't believe doesn't exist these technologies exist, but they don't work, at least not well enough, not yet. For all the subsidies, and if we're looking from the Carter administration, we're looking at, what, 40, 40 plus years of unfettered subsidies and unfulfilled promises. And we're still sitting there going, oh, geez, who knows? It's a big mystery. we are, If we just get more people to use a technology that isn't working, somehow it will work. It's not how life works, ladies and gentlemen. It won't end well for humanity. It just won't. So when Larry Summers is sitting there going, oh, this, this deal, he's a liberal Democrat. This deal will work out wonders for the country because we're going to have more energy than we know what to do with. Huh? More solar panels doesn't make the sun shine longer. More windmills doesn't make the wind blow longer or harder. It's not the way it works. I understand the desire, but uh, reality is something else. And when you're dealing with people who have a desire and then refuse to acknowledge reality, you've left the realm of, I don't know, possible of rational thought, and you've entered the cult-like stage. It's really what's going on. Now they're trying to ram this through as quickly as possible, like I said, at least as of now, I don't know, maybe it's out there somewhere. We don't know where Kirsten Cinema is. But Dick Durbin has COVID, so they won't be able to do it this week. And if you think, well, that's a little quick, they would they wanted to do it. As soon as they get the votes, they want to ram this through. They simply do not give a damn. The bill hasn't even been written. The bill wasn't this is what's important to note too. For those of you in West Virginia, the bill hasn't been written yet, and Joe Manchin is on board. He has no idea what he's on board for. The concept, what little things are going to be stuck in there in the writing process? Joe Manchin doesn't seem to care. Why wouldn't Joe Manchin? Because he got whatever his payoff was. Enough time has been passed, so it doesn't seem like a payoff. But whatever it is, he's gotten his payoff. Joe isn't dumb enough to go. Oh, you promised me to do something in the future. No, Joe wants it now, or got it early. He got the payoff first, and then he came around later. But the bill hasn't been written yet. What will Democrats ram in there? You won't know. You won't know until afterwards. It'll be another Nancy Pelosi Obamacare situation where we have to pass the bill so we can see what's in it, because they'll be given about. 10 minutes to read a thousand pages, a trillion dollars, ram it through, Joe Manchin, and he doesn't care. And they're all going to sit around and wonder, gee, why? It's all those dastardly Republicans' fault that the economy is so screwed up. Keep in mind, everything that Democrats do has an ulterior motive. Everything is some part of a fraud, and it's progressives. It's not just Democrats. It's all around the world. Just to illustrate this point, there is a hilarious tweet. I retweeted it today of screen captures of headlines. This woman, uh, Bozana Tar, I don't know what her real name is, doesn't matter. I don't know anything about her except this tweet, but this tweet is brilliant. She treats a screen capture from Greenpeace, Netherlands. So the rest of the world is warming faster than the rest of the world. Hmm. You go, what? And there it is. Headline after headline out of the BBC, from CNN, from InFocus, from CBS Boston. These are just the headlines. The, the body of it doesn't matter. Finland is warming faster than the rest of the world. Oh, okay, that's a neat trick. Okay, but sorry, Finland, or actually congratulations, because you're up there pretty close to the frost line. So, you know, good good job. You might be able to farm a little bit more. Then you go to the BBC. Canada is warming twice as fast as the rest of the world, report says. Wait a second, how is... Finland or is Finland or Canada because if Canada is warming at twice the speed as the rest of the world and Finland is just going faster than the rest of the world, then that probably means Canada is, is warming faster, right? Well, thank God. That's very, I mean, you can figure that out if you're trying to like remember in school when you had to line up by height. That was, I was always in the back or the front depending on which way they wanted to go. It was pretty easy for me, but everybody else in the middle was, was kind of rough. They had to figure it out. Am I taller than you or are you taller than me? And you're looking and some, you have to have a third-party arbitrator. But if you're just trying to go with who's warming the fastest, just by this headline, Finland certainly would settle into not the fastest, but faster than the rest of the world, just judged by the headline. Canada, twice as fast as the rest of the world. They have to be up front. They have to be the tallest kid or the shortest kid in class. Then you go to popular science and it says Australia is heating up faster than the rest of the world. The subheadline is like a shrimp on a barbie. Like, wait a second, Australia is heating up faster than the rest of the world. Well, that's still not twice as fast, so Canada would still technically be the fastest. It'd be number one. And now it's a fight between Finland and Australia to determine the second position. Who gets the silver, who gets the bronze? But no. No. Along comes... A headline that blows everything today from physics.org. South Pole warming three times faster than the rest of the earth, colon study. So this new study, we have a new pole setter. This is why you never spike the football on the five yard line, Canada. You thought you were going to win, but then with your twice as fast as twice as fast. But no, the South Pole is three times faster than the rest of the earth. Everybody is above average. It's amazing. It is Lake Wobegon personified. Then you go up to CBS Boston. Study, colon, New England is warming up faster than the rest of the world. The rest of the world. But this doesn't say that it's by a factor of four. So I think that it's still we've got the South Pole and then we've got uh, Canada and then it's going to be like a death match. We're going to have to throw them into Thunderdome between New England, Finland and Australia, because it's just going to be probably the uh, who's, going to, who's going to take the bronze. But no, 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 here comes a new challenger. Africa is warming more and faster than the rest of the world. Dash report. more and faster. More and fast. That sounds like they could easily be in contention for the bronze. That so- certainly sounds more than just faster than the rest of the world because it's more and faster. So I think we've got to give the bronze to not a country. It's kind of a stupid headline. It's an entire continent. But, okay, we'll give we'll give it to Africa. We'll be accused of being racist because we're just giving the entire continent the bronze medal. But wait. Just wait bumping africa because of racism off the podium we have two late entrants this headline from i think it's uh, quartz china heating up twice as fast as the rest of the world well t- twice as fast seems more and like to be more than more and faster so sorry africa you're gonna have to step off the podium go over there with australia and uh finland and Canada now bumps down to the bronze position. South Pole still in the pole position. And China is up there with the bronze as well, because China is warming twice as fast as the rest of the world. But lastly, out of the gate, but right into our hearts in the third slot, Israel warming up Almost twice as fast as the rest of the world data shows. Oh, no, wait a second. No, it's a photo finished review of the tape shows that the qualifier almost keeps China off the podium. Yes, China, or keeps Israel off the podium. See, Israel is warming up almost twice as fast, whereas China and Canada are heating up twice as fast. So almost twice as fast is just a little shy from twice as fast, it's like I'm uh, increased. I've increased ninety percent, whereas they've increased one hundred percent. They even at ninety nine percent increase, if they've still increased one hundred percent, they win. They win. So, congratulations to all of our champions. Israel, better luck next time. The South Pole wins the gold, somehow managing to heat up three times faster than the rest of the world. And then uh, the other ones, uh, twice as fast, half as fast, not at all. Everywhere is warming up, but some children are just more above average than others. Remember that when these people start making you promises, that they told you this stuff. They promised you this stuff. Each one of these headlines is from the last couple of years. 2019, I believe, is the oldest headline there is 2020 there's 2021 all of these all these places heating up twice as fast three times as fast faster than the rest of the world so on and so forth it's a complete and total fraud but congress must act now to head off everywhere every place everybody heating up twice as fast as everywhere and everybody else anybody have any questions Direct them towards somebody whose head isn't spinning. I want to shift gears and talk about monkeypox. Monkeypox. It's AIDS all over again. There's a couple of things we've got to talk about monkeypox to point out the absurdity of it. But first, just because liberals are who liberals are. This is what the Democrats are. There's There's a massive crime problem in New York you got footage of a 16-year-old kid trying to beat the hell out of a cop who tried to arrest, because he's breaking the law in the subway station. And he gets, he's pounding the cop. The cop can't, you know, they, the, they, uh, they restrict what police can do in a fight. You can't put him in a chokehold. Can't do this. Can't do that. Can't do the other thing. So what do you do? You end up having to, like, tie their shoelaces together. That's about the only move that these idiots have left police officers. For my money, if you fight a cop, it's game on, all right? It's game on. You chose to fight a cop. You're stupid. And uh, if you choose to continue to fight a cop rather than stopping, uh, what happens happens, all right? But uh, this kid's fighting a cop, and he's out out on jail or out on, on, uh, on bail. He was just out. Within an hour after having been arrested for jumping the turnstiles and fighting a police officer. Why? Because the DA in New York will not prosecute resisting arrest. They don't really care about... Res- you can fight a cop. You can fight a cop and... eh, Who wouldn't fight a cop? That's the Democratic Party's mantra. Don't fight a cop, but... Eh, you probably should fight a cop because who wouldn't want to fight a cop? It's a hell of a motto that they have over there on the left. Well, now, while they're ignoring that, they get this. New York City Health Department is calling on the World Health Organization to immediately rename the monkeypox virus. Wait, what? Is there something super important and urgent that just... No, no. In a letter to WHO Director Dr. Tedros Adhaman Gagablargenbergen, whatever the hell his last name is, Uh, Department of Health and Mental Hygiene Commissioner Dr. Ashwin Vassan wrote that while the Big Apple remains concerned about rapidly increasing transmission and limited access to testing resources and vaccine supply, it has a, quote, growing concern for stigmatizing and potentially devastating impacts the messaging around monkeypox can have on vulnerable communities. Vulnerable communities. You've got to love the way that the left has bastardized the word communities. It used to mean your neighborhood, your community. Now it's your ethnicity, it's your skin color, it's your gender, it's your sexual orientation, it's whatever sexual peccadillos you choose to practice in the privacy of your own home or on your front lawn. It's all part of a community. Why, if you can find a way to cram your existence into the LGBTQRSTUVWXYZ mafia, you have just created a brand new community, and congratulations, we welcome you. All of the towels are at the monogrammers, and we'll be back quickly. But the vulnerable communities. Now, in this case, they always say vulnerable communities, meaning they're feeble, they're weak. They need to be protected. They need to be protected by, you know, Democrats, usually what that means. We all protect. It's working out great. Chicago is uh, the black community. There is under the protection of the Democrat Party, have been for 60 plus years. and It's working out gangbusters. Gangbusters, maybe gangbusters isn't the right word, but it's working out great, working out wonderful over there. Well, what they mean here by vulnerable communities is, you know, you'd think the people most vulnerable, those susceptible to monkeypox, but no, vulnerable communities means in the hierarchy, the food pyramid of victimhood that the Democrats put together, that they're, they're the more special groups. They're even more special. They're even bigger victims, depending on where they fall on the slide rule. That's what they mean by vulnerable communities. Because if you're actually concerned about preventing people from getting monkeypox, which isn't fatal but is, from what I've read descriptions of, horrible and wildly painful, um, you don't want it. And if you're really engaged in activities that are susceptible to getting it, those are the people you should... Target, say if 95% of a particular group of people or 95% of cases are from a particular group. When I smoked years ago, I smoked Marlboros and then I smoked Winston's and, and Parliaments. When, I, when I'm smoking Parliaments and I say, well, monkeypox impacts, 95% of cases impacts people who smoke Parliaments. I'd go, oh, wait, okay, maybe I'll, maybe I'll go back to Winston's maybe that's what i'll do something like that you, at least i'd know i could go well damn it i i love myself a parliament i'm not stopping so go ahead i'll tempt fate but at least i knew democrats don't want that anymore this letter Continues. Therefore, quote, therefore, I write to urge you to act immediately in renaming the monkeypox virus, as the WHO stated they would do during a June 14th press con- press briefing over five weeks ago. New York City joins many public health experts and community leaders who have expressed their serious concerns about continuing to exclusively use the term monkeypox, given the stigma it may engender and the painful and racist history with which. Uh, within which terminology uh, like this is rooted for communities of color. Now, if you hear monkeypox and you immediately think black people, you're probably the racist. Because monkeypox comes from monkeys. That's why it's called monkeypox. It's weird how that works out, isn't it? But we're not allowed to, used to name viruses from where they originated, you know, West Nile virus. It wasn't off the coast of the Mississippi River. No. Uh, but Wuhan, the Wuhan virus. No, oh, no, 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 no. You can't do that. You can't do that. That's racist. Everything is racist. So when you hear monkeypox and you think, well, psh, black people, black people did it. Black people. You're the racist. right? Can we just agree that you're the racist? But then you're probably a homophobe, too, because you don't want to discuss... Not only the stupid name, you're like, that's your priority? Not the people suffering from this, but this is your priority, too. All right. It must be nice we're out of problems. We can probably eliminate your position if we're out of problems in New York. That this is what you're focused on, you know, pack up your office. We're, we're done. You've, you've solved every problem. But it's not just that. Because if you really cared about the people who are suffering, you would talk to exclusively and warn the people who are not even the most, like almost exclusively at risk. But they don't. Dr. Tedros Vaughn, whatever the hell, last name, unpronounceable thing, is I actually have audio of him. And he's worried about stigmatizing gay people. Now, why would he be worried about stigmatizing gay people? Because the New England Journal of Medicine discovered, because they looked at it. This is, where, this is why the left hates data so much, because you can learn a lot. From data, they discovered that 95 percent of small of uh, monkeypox sufferers are sexually promiscuous gay men. Not just gay men; it's not just any gay man. It is sexually promiscuous gay men. That means. It's transmitted through intercourse and particularly through riskier behaviors without getting too graphic that involve things that make uh, the opening of fissures and sores and then access to the bloodstream much more likely and therefore uh, more susceptible to the transmission of these diseases. There you go. But Dr. Tedros, head of the World Health Organization, doesn't want to talk about that. Now, if you, well, let's listen to him first. Stigma and discrimination can be as dangerous as any virus and can fuel the outbreak. As we have seen with COVID-19, misinformation and disinformation can spread rapidly online. So we call on all social media platforms, tech companies, and news organizations to work with us to prevent and counter harmful information. Harmful information not false information harmful information we do not want to stigmatize the gay people well you, you know maybe letting gay people know hey nobody's telling you you can't do whatever the hell it is you're going to do but if you're going to do it know that this is uh, really the best way if you want to get monkeypox to get monkeypox. just saying nobody's passing judgment on you you're going to have to explain your sex life to god not me, but if you want to not get monkeypox, I don't think from the description I've read you want to get monkeypox, and anybody wants to get monkeypox, you're going to have to take some precautions. Maybe you go, hey, there's an orgy this weekend. You know what? I'm going to pass on that. Now, it's funny is because gays tend to be Democrats, tend to lean liberal, and there was no more obedient group than liberals when it came to the coronavirus oh we got a double we got a triple mask we got a quadruple mask we got to avoid every avoid eye contact with anybody oh no this is terrible we must obey get the shot get the double shot get the triple shot give me quadruple shot can i get another shot over here they obey 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 and then you say hey there's something really horrible that is 95 percent gay men are getting uh, promiscuous gay men you might want to i don't know not go to a gay orgy or maybe use protection or whatever precautions you want, or at least go in fully informed. And they go, no, 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 they couldn't. They would never. You wouldn't want to stigmatize them. How about you just inform them? How about you just inform them? They're they're pretty good at obeying when it comes to COVID. I think that uh, you know having open sores all over their bodies, and I mean everywhere in their bodies, would, would uh, be something they'd want to avoid too, just like COVID. So maybe they would listen to you if you health officials talked to them like adults and said look this is how you get it let's be honest this is a you can get it from other ways but this is really how most people get it and here's how you can avoid it with still doing whatever it is you do but no not allowed intolerant how dare you even suggest such a thing which brings us to fox You think, well, these are liberals. This is what they do. This is what what they do. The data is unambiguous. 95% of people who have monkeypox, who have contracted monkeypox, are promiscuous gay men engaging in unprotected sex, oftentimes at uh, orgies. Who knew that there were so many orgies going on? I thought it's not the 1970s anymore, but hey, what are you going to do? Long live the key party, I guess. But you would think that that would be information that people who claim to care about the gay community would want out there. Dr. Tedros would want that out He's, No, there he is saying, make sure you don't stigmatize anybody. God forbid. With the, the truth can't stigmatize. The truth can only inform. But they don't want it out there. They don't want it out there, just like they didn't want it out there in AIDS. That yes, anybody could technically get AIDS, but usually, if you follow the uh, the footprints backwards, you will find somebody who engaged in gay sex. Not a value judgment, just a statement of fact. The promise you the. The prospect of a man engaging exclusively in heterosexual activity, of getting AIDS, was incredibly low. Same for women. Same for women engaging exclusively in, in lesbian relations. Period. End of story. It really went off the charts in gay sex and there were a lot of gay men who were closeted gay men living on the down low who would then bring it home and get their partners their girlfriends their wives infected and then it would spread from there but it was always always a small percentage of the population of the people who had aids who got aids because the vast majority of them were gay instead of pointing that out and really targeting prevention measures towards gay people they did for a little while and then they said no 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 we're stigmatizing gay people we're stigmat what we need to do is destigmatize gay people and so they said anybody can get it anybody can get it and they scared the hell out of everybody every heterosexual out there in the 90s going oh my god aids is stalking me and by doing that, instead of focusing it where the problem was, a whole bunch of people, who everybody could get it. Well, it's everybody. It's a crapshoot. It's a fair game. Odds of me getting it compared to the odds of my straight neighbor getting it are the same. So I'm just going to engage in whatever I engage in. And I bet you it ended up causing more people to actually get AIDS more gay people, to actually get AIDS because they didn't take it very seriously. It's it's everybody out there. After the 80s, where it was clearly largely, almost exclusively a gay disease, to the 90s, where they said, everybody's going to get it. Everybody's going to get it. Watch out. I bet a lot of gay people relaxed. A lot of gay people said, well, to hell with it. It's out there. Anybody can get it. There's no more. I'm not at greater risk than anybody ever. It's like saying... Well, anybody can, can get uh, lung cancer. So I uh, don't have to worry about it. I might as well smoke. That doesn't make any sense. But if you're not told that, lung, that smoking causes lung cancer, you, you might think of it because, you know, smoking can be an enjoyable activity. They're trying to do the same damn thing to monkeypox. Now, granted, this time it isn't fatal, thank God. But they're doing the exact same thing for the exact same reasons, which illustrate just how horrible they are as people so uh the other night on kennedy on fox business they had ned ryan marie harf and some guy i think his name is brandon and the discussion turned to monkeypox. like i said the the world health organization they're very concerned that nobody be stigmatized and i don't know, you know if you stigmatize somebody you say ah, you get monkeypox because you're gay you suck That would be a little bit stigmatizing, I suppose. I mean, It would be kind of hilarious. You'd have to look at a person doing that and going, well, you're kind of in need of a hobby, aren't you? But that's what you wanted to do. But telling somebody exactly like, hey, uh, you're at risk. You need to take precautions. That's not stigmatizing it. Steering dollars, public health dollars towards informing people about what's going on, the reality of what's going on. It's not stigmatizing people. But anyway, Ned Ryan up there, you've seen Ned Ryan on TV. He's been on, he's on Fox all the time. Although maybe now that he said this, his time might, uh, he might need a timeout. It's weird how that works. Fox is very sensitive about such things. So uh, they might give him a break for a little while. But the idea of monkeypox came up and Ned Ryan stated a truth. 95% of the people who have gotten contracted monkeypox are gay men engaging in promiscuous lifestyle choices. So, you'd think they'd want that out there. No. Listen to the outrage. As for monkeypox, I I think there's a pretty good rule in life. Uh, Don't attend gay orgies. Uh, when you look at the New England Journal's report of the five hundred and twenty eight cases Ned. they reviewed. Ned, come on, man. It's not right? about gay. How No, about absolutely. Not any go, look at, go look at the New England Journal's report that NBC News reported on on Friday in which of the five hundred and twenty eight cases they reviewed. Ninety five percent were between sex between men. Yeah, I think we actually have to have it, a serious conversation it's about it's where perfect, this is coming perfect, from. Perfect, when, perfect, when I'm done, perfect, Brad, you perfect. can talk. Instead of going crazy and declaring a national pandemic when 3,000 people have it right now, it's insane. I don't know, man. You don't have to be gay to get monkeypox, and uh, you don't have to be bigoted when you talk about treating something that is that easily spread. Marie. It's not bigoted. Yeah, it is. This, this is science, Kennedy. Ninety-five yeah. percent of the cases from the New England right, um, Journal. You know what, I'm gonna let- brad uh, respond okay i'm gonna let brad you know you know what i don't want you to talk i don't want you to talk oh no no you don't have to be uh, bigoted how's it bigoted to state a truth that's just bigoted well you can take the girl out of mtv but you can't take the mtv out of the girl that uh, here's what's ned ryan was talking about nbcnews.com headline monkeypox is being driven overwhelmingly by sex between men major study finds not ned ryan not some right-wing study no Subheadline of the 528 confirmed cases reviewed, 95% are believed to have been transmitted during sex between men, according to a new paper in the New England Journal of Medicine. Huh. Who knew that the New England Journal of Medicine and NBC News were so homophobic? Did you know that? I didn't know that. Now I know and I can act accordingly. Yeah. The story, the global monkeypox outbreaks is primarily being driven by sex between men, according to the first major peer-reviewed paper to analyze a large set of cases of the virus. The outbreak, which epidemiologists believe initially began in mid-spring gatherings of gay and bisexual men in Europe... Has since alarmed such experts by ballooning to nearly sixteen thousand cases worldwide. Now, infectious disease specialists are developing an increasingly refined understanding of the predominant conduits of monkey, monkeypox transmission, as well as the typical disease course patterns. But they don't want it, that. The left and the progressives—they don't want anybody to know about it you could prevent people from catching monkeypox by just informing them about who's most at risk of monkeypox and what activities they have to engage in to mostly expose themselves to monkeypox. And instead, no, you don't have to be a homophobe to do that. You don't have to be meanie boombolini. How dare you do those sorts of things? Hmm. Quote, these data points clearly point to the fact that infections are so far almost exclusively occurring among men who have sex with men, said Jennifer Nuzo, an epidemiologist at Brown University, that bastion of right wing bigotry. Of the new study, which was published Thursday in the New England Journal of Medicine, quote, And the clinical presentation of these infections suggests that sexual transmission, not just close physical contact, may be helping spread the virus among this population. This large multi-country study provides the most complete set of clinical and demographic data on monkeypox cases occurring outside endemic areas, said Nuzio, who was not involved in the study. There you have the day, you have the study. Now you can go out and try and disprove the study, but your dislike of the study does not disprove the study. Your dislike or your discomfort with the conclusions of the study do not change the conclusions of the study, nor does it alter the underlying facts that led to those conclusions. Yet the left, the progressive movement in this country, and sadly some people who are considered conservative media types, they don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear Don't you dare talk about that. Don't do it. Don't do it. Why? Well, you don't have to be. It's homophobic. How is it homophobic? If there was a serial killer out there who was targeting gay men, would it be homophobic to tell gay men that? I don't think so. If there were a serial killer out there who was targeting gay men who, let's just put them in New York, who in New York have uh, rendezvous in Central Park in in the nighttime. Central Park's pretty big, lots of places to hide. I'm sure that stuff goes on all the time, gay, straight, whatever. There's sex going on in Central Park, probably right now. But if there's a a serial killer, he's killing gay men in Central Park who engage in anonymous, uh, unprotected sex in Central Park and the surrounding public restrooms. Wouldn't you think that the authorities would go, well, we need to let the public know that if you are a gay man looking to engage in anonymous public sex, don't do it up in this area. This person is killing people in this exclusive area. And somebody goes in and says, no, 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 you wouldn't want to stigmatize. Don't stigmatize those men. Those men are, it could be, the serial killer could be killing anybody. Anybody could be having gay sex anonymously. And like, No, I think the very definition uh, negates the prospect that anybody could be engaging in, in gay anonymous sex. But thanks for playing. We want to save lives. Well, do you want to save lives? 'Cause I guarantee you somebody will chime in and say, Well, if you're sitting there and you're saying gay men don't go have anonymous sex in the restrooms in in Central Park, somebody's gonna go, You're stigmatizing a particular community. Why are you stigmatizing this particular community? I'm not stigmatizing, I'm trying to save lives. And if you're pointing out that monkeypox is largely transmitted through gay sex You're not saying, don't have gay sex. You're saying, be aware, protect yourself. You know, maybe not have a bunch of anonymous sex unless you want open sores all over your body. In which case, boy, how do you right on the right track? But nope, they'll jump up and say, you can't say that. So then on Fox Business, as everybody's jumping on Ned Ryan, Kennedy jumps in. And said, you can't talk about that. You can't mention the reality of the situation with monkeypox. The one thing she didn't call him was uh, racist, but she called him homophobic already. Now listen to what happened after that. Because, Brad, we had 372 doses. The United States, in Denmark, where the the smallpox, monkeypox vaccine is manufactured, they were ready to go. But uh, because this has been an issue for more men in the gay community. It seems like it has been lower on the priority list, Brad. Yeah, look, Ned is right when he says that monkeypox right now is mostly affecting gay men. The problem is that public health-wise, not going to orgies in general is a good policy to not get sexually transmitted diseases. 100%. And so we have to be really careful. We saw with the AIDS crisis, with the HIV crisis, about how certain communities or certain gay people will be stigmatized over something that lots of people do, and we've got to be careful about that. Lots of... I didn't... I mean, I, I guess I don't talk to that many of my neighbors but i wasn't aware that lots of people are rolling up and down to uh talk about or to attend orgies i didn't know that again maybe i'm wrong but i don't think i I would assume that at some point i would have been invited at some point somebody would have let it slip like what are you doing this weekend? hey i noticed there's like a whole bunch of cars over at your your house and it's late at night. You having a party? Maybe maybe we can swing by with the kids. No, 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 don't swing by with the kids. For God's sakes, no. That's kind of the mess that we're dealing with, isn't it? I love how you, everybody's doing it. Everybody's going to orgies. Not everybody's doing it. Not everybody's going to orgies. What the hell are you talking about? But uh, this is, Fox again, not MSNBC. Somebody didn't sneak past the goalie and said, Oh, my goodness. We're doing a story on uh, something, and some right-wing nut job got through here, talking about how gay guys are getting uh, getting the monkeypox. Can't have that. It's not what happened. So they continue this charade. And that kind of, I will use the term, bigoted language, that uh, makes it seem like the only people that get this are from one group of Americans. Hey, guess what? Gay men also have friends and family members and colleagues. And this is not just transmitted through sexual activity. It's transmitted through close contact. So you don't fight diseases. I'm glad Brad brought up HIV AIDS. You don't fight diseases by caricaturing the people who get them or who get them at one point in time. Again, NBC News. Quoting uh, epidemiologists from Brown University. And the clinical presentation of these infections suggests that sexual transmission, not just close physical contact, may be helping spread the virus among this population. Not a handshake, it's not a fist bump, it's not a, a chest bump, it's not uh, air kisses, it's nothing. There's a very specific way that it's not airborne. If it were airborne, it wouldn't be 95% gay men who engage in sexually promiscuous activity and 5% of people who are lying about what they do on their weekends. <laughs> no, I never. Never. Not me. I don't know how I got. I must have gotten a uh, monkey pox from a dirty toilet seat. I never, never would have met. No, no, not me. Hmm. But you can't talk about it on Fox. You're not allowed to talk about it on Fox. It's a hate crime to talk about it on Fox. How dare you talk about it on Fox or else Kennedy will jump down your throat and say you shall not talk about these things. What the hell is going on in this country? There's certain... Unless, unless everybody who's doing this is going, hey, uh, we hate gay people. Keep it quiet. Don't tell anybody. Keep it on the down low. Don't tell anybody. Chicago's public health commissioner, who in her Twitter bio has her, uh, has get vaccinated and she, her, has her pronouns there. Because why? Because why not? We're really out of problems at this point that we can just make stuff up like this. It's Dr. Allison Arwady. Arwady, A R W A D Y. However, you pronounce that. She is on a mission, too, just like Tedros, just like Kennedy, just like Fox Business. MPV, which is monkeypox virus. She doesn't want to say it because it's mean, probably racist. MPV is not a gay disease. There is nothing inherent in the biology of the virus that limits limits it to men who have sex with men. The virus spreads through tight-knit social networks. It does not discriminate. Okay, it has uh, transmits through tight-knit social networks who have sex with each other. Okay, they have sex with each other. You get uh, somebody in there with monkeypox and they have sex with a bunch of women. Those women are probably going to get monkeypox. They're probably the 5% of the people who have not engaged in gay sex with a man. That's just the truth. I'm sorry. And actually, most of them, if there were 10 of them, It probably five of them would get monkeypox and the other five wouldn't because you have to presumably, much like AIDS, have a tear and access to that and everything. I'm not going to get graphic, but you get the idea. So you sit there and this is the Chicago Public Health Commissioner, just so you know. And then she says, follow the Chicago Public Health for continuous updates on the MPV outbreak and go to our website to learn more. It's not a gay disease. Nobody says, well, there's something. We looked at the DNA of the virus, and it's, uh, it's homophobic. It says, boy, we hate gays. We're going to target gays. And viruses apparently can have political agendas, as we learned from COVID. If you were out there protesting for justice for George Floyd, it was not going to go after you. It was down with you. Its little uh, appendages were raised in the air, too. For justice for George But if you do go to the Chicago Health Commissioner's website to look up, to take the advice of Dr. Allison Irwadi, you will see the following. Quote, vaccine eligibility in reference to the monkeypox virus vaccine. Vaccine eligibility for MPV vaccination may change over time, but currently close contacts of someone with monkeypox virus are prioritized for vaccination. In addition, people who meet all of the following conditions are eligible for vaccinations. One, gay, bisexual, or others, cis or trans men who have sex with men. Now, if you're a cis man having sex with men, you're not cis, you're gay. Cis is like the code word for straight now. So you're gay. So it's gay men, bisexual men, aged 18 or older, and had multiple or anonymous sex partners sex at a social or sexual venue or sex in exchange for money or goods within the last 14 days. Then you can get it. You get the vaccine in the city of Chicago, but it is, damn it, it is not a gay disease. It has nothing to do with gay. (laughs) These people don't read their own websites. They don't have any idea what the hell they're going on, what they're doing. It's God help us all. You wonder why Chicago is an absolute toilet? There you go. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. And there you go. That is today's show. That is this week's show, except for the Weekend F and Review, which I imagine will be a lot of these similar themes. And who knows whatever else happens between then and now at patreon.com slash Podcast or at DerekHunterLocals.com. Today was a damn fine show, I would say. I don't say that often. I don't know that I've said it ever, but it felt like a damn fine show while doing it. Uh, don't forget, yeah, check out the show. And while you're there uh, supporting the show, do the uh, do enter the contest. We'll be giving away a signed Mark Levin or Kurt Schlichter book on Monday's program. Have a glorious weekend. Hope to see you at the Weekend f and Review. Otherwise, we'll see you back here on Monday. Thanks for listening.